0: Hallelujah, everybody, and welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and you know today's guest as the only contestant to compete in three seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, as well as for starring in shows like Two Broke Girls, The X-Files, and The Mentalist, and of course, her role in the Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga film, A Star is Born. It's the fabulous DJ Shangela Pierce. We talk about so many things, including her HBO show We're Here, which just wrapped its first season, and what it's like performing over 180 shows on a world tour. The interview was recorded in April over a Zoom chat, so please forgive any audio weirdness. A little small pandemic going on in the world, and I'm wondering, how are you coping uh, during this Well, thanks so much. Yeah, just a small one, huh? (laughs) Just a small one, yes, hopefully.
1: You know, it has changed the way of life uh, for right now, and that's okay. I am in Texas with my family here. My family is from southern Texas, okay? So, and I live in Los Angeles. So my way of eating when I'm on my own living in L.A. is completely different in the way that my family expects me to eat when I'm around them. So there's a lot more ribeye steaks going on, (laughs) a lot more three to four uh, meals a day day kind of thing that I'm not accustomed to. And my mom, if I don't eat all day, she's like, what's something wrong? Are you not feeling well? Why are you not eating? I'm like, Mom, we just ate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, I grew up in New Orleans uh, with, in, this, in South Carolina, so I'm very familiar with that kind of uh, cuisine. And uh, you're not eating. There's something obviously wrong with you. We're here to talk about. We're here on HBO. The trailer looks amazing. And um, even in the trailer, there are some funny moments. But there's, there's just a lot of feels. And um, I'm wondering about how did the show come together and how would you describe the show to someone who has not gotten to see the trailer?
1: Well, I'll tell you that We're Here is such an amazing passion project. I'm so thankful to be a part of this, uh, this show that's coming out. It's me and my friends, Bob the Drag Queen and Eureka O'Hara, from, uh, mostly known from RuPaul's Drag Race. And we're traveling across the United States different small towns and connecting with people in order to help empower them you know connecting people who have queer stories or queer adjacent stories we're helping to empower them in their journey and then the real amazing part is that we also have to produce a drag show in places that have typically never had drag shows ever before and we're putting our you know our, our people that we partner with our drag daughters we call them into the show as well as ourselves. And we have to go out in the city, in and out of drag, connect with the local townspeople, invite them to the show, and who knows, are they gonna show up, or are they not? But what we're trying to show these people is that sometimes in places where you don't think there's a community that would support the LGBTQ community, there actually is.
0: And like, how did you choose what towns to go to?
1: Well, we have a great team that kind of looks for really amazing stories that we can connect with each of us, get our own uh, drag daughter, and each of them have a very unique story. So we have a great team with HBO and, and the production company IPC that sources these people, and then we go to those, take our RVs, and head to the town. Uh,
0: I, I want to talk about the RVs in one second, but also I, I guess follow up a little bit, Like, what is like maybe one of the most surprising things that you experience making the show?
1: One of the biggest surprises for me, really, because, look, I grew up in a small town. I'm originally from Paris, Texas. Uh, I know what it's like to look around sometimes and think, oh my gosh, I'm the only person like me here. And so going into these towns, I kind of have, and Bobby Eureka, are from small towns, we kind of sometimes revert back to what we imagined our small towns uh, were then or how they were. We think these towns are going to be exactly like that. And sometimes they reflect that and sometimes they don't. And it's just been really inspiring also the people that we've been able to work with, how much we can pull out of them in a very short amount of time with regard to how much growth, how much of a journey they can go on with us in a really short amount of time. You know, we come in these cities we're there about a week, really. Um, and so we have to not only connect with them, we have to help build confidence in them, but we have to put them in drag for the very first time in their lives, a lot of them. And in addition to that, then they got to get on stage and do a shout. And it has to be a good show <laughs> for people that they don't know have, have ever supported them in the past. So there's a lot of emotion, but I've been really inspired by the strength of the people that we've worked with.
0: You talked about like your first, putting uh, someone on their first drag show. Um, I, I did theater for years and I remember the first time I had to do drag. It was very scary, very nervous. And then when I I I, I got on stage the first time and... And had that reaction from the audience, it, the the confidence, the the power, and all that came there. I, I'm sure compared to the concert shows you do, it's it, it's uh, like community theater versus like Broadway kind of stuff. But I'm wondering, do you remember your first time doing drag, and when that kicked in? That this that you had this talent, that you had this ability. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, my first official time doing drag was when I performed a Beyonce single ladies number back in 2009 or 10. Uh, That was my first time getting on stage and doing drag and then fast forward 10 shows and and five months later, I was on RuPaul's Drag Race season two. So that was a quick whirlwind for me. But I, you know, I, I always remember. When I was a kid, like maybe 12, my mom, I found, my mom had a CD. Uh, My mom had a CD. (laughs) Yeah. My mom had a copy of RuPaul's Supermodel of the World album. And I remember getting it and playing it and looking at the pictures and like the CDs used to have, as I'm explaining this, you know, they had a little booklet that you could like flip through and look at like the track list, and like photos. And I remember seeing Mm -hmm. those and it inspired me to dance in the house. So I would like, Sneaking when my mom was gone, like put on her heels and wrap a towel around my head and a bed sheet. I'd make a little asymmetrical dress. Honey, I was ready for Project Runway before the day. (laughs) And I would dance around the house in that. And so, you know, I have fond memories of that being like somewhat drag for me. But um, when I finally did it, it was just, you know, it helped me to, I think, be even more confident and powerful in my own life as DJ out of drag. You know, but everyone looks at drag and a lot of our contestants as well or or participants look at drag and go, oh, honey, I I mean, yeah, it's just putting on shoes and a dress and a hair. I got it. No problem. And then when they actually have to do it and they have to get, you know, padded and tucked and corseted and and the wigs and there's so many elements. They're having to lip sync and memorize a, a song and also perform it and know where to go, choreography, but also in these heels they've never worn before. You know, they just, they realize that, and I hope more people will, how much goes into the art of drag.
0: How how do you help those people get over like that fear? Because I mean, in one sense, I feel like being in drag, there is kind of an armor. There is kind of uh, protection behind it because you are encased, so to speak. But then on the other side, it is you're putting everything out there, literally. How do you, what kind of advice are you giving these people who are doing it for the first time?
1: Well, I think back to the advice either I had or I wish I would have had in a moment when I I felt that way. And a big way that we do it, you know, you have to get over the fear, but you can't just like mask over it really quickly. You can't just be like, come on, girl, be confident. And then all of a sudden the person is confident. No, you have to literally, you know, connect with them and find out where is this fear coming from? What is motivating it? And how do we address it? that? How do we go against the, the voice of your head and of your mother saying you're never going to be good enough? How in a week do I get you to, to address that and figure out a way to move past it so that you can get on the stage and feel truly in your heart that you are worthy and you are good enough? And that's where the emotion of this show comes in. That's where the real power of where he is, where here comes from. It's not us just coming and putting a, a piece of duct tape tape and you know a wig and some glitter and be like fabulous you know work no it's not that it's really diving into things that not only these people but people across the U.S. people across the globe deal with in their communities in their families every day and how do I address these things in my life how do I try to find ways to mitigate them, and then how do I move past it in order to be my most confident self when I step on that stage? So when I say, when I got up there and turned the party, I really mean I got up there and I turned the party.
0: You talk about going to a lot of small towns. I'm wondering, um, what did you learn about the queer communities in the small towns?
1: Well, first of all, there sometimes aren't huge queer communities in these small towns, and that's always very surprising, you know? And and it kind of takes me back to my childhood when there wasn't um, a huge community there. And you know what it is, but it's the experience that I grew up with. um, So I completely understand uh, how that experience is. It was something that I was very familiar with, but it's also very surprising to me. And I think it was very surprising to everyone involved with this project, what support looks like and how, no matter, how large or small, um, how big of an impact that it can have on
0: people's experiences. It sounds like the experiences were were overall pretty positive. I'm wondering, did you um, ever come across any homophobia that you were surprised by? Oh, my gosh. Um, Yes, we did. And I'm sure
1: in watching the episodes, people will see that, you know, look, this is America. And in America, there are all different Walks of people who have lots of opinions. Some are more vocal about them than others, and you know, as much as we would like to think that we live in a world where things have gotten so much better for everyone, which in place in some places it has, but in some places it really has not. It moved this along the spectrum as much as we would hope it had. So um, it we did experience some of that, but I think the better, the bigger thing is seeing how much positivity also came. From places where we didn't even expect it
0: and also like uh it, sounds, it the in the trailer it looks like a small like little army coming to the town and, and uh recruiting the people and, and putting on the show i'm wondering um between coming to the town and leaving it like how how did the town change uh, or or how did the visit change you and and the town
1: just experiences and drag that we all have And it just brought us back to those moments so much and shows us that, you know what, no matter where you go in the world, we all have this connection through our community of drag. And the way the towns change, oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I'm sure they had more glitter on the streets when we left. That's one thing. (laughs) (laughs) But in in addition to that, um, I, I hope that we leave them with a greater sense of community and respect and understanding of the queer people in their town. A lot of times people don't, you know, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And because they don't necessarily see a huge queer community, they may not think that it exists, but it does. And hopefully we help to build that in those
0: places. Okay, You kind of joked about glitter, but I guess it's a good transition to like, in 2020, there are so many products and even gadgets geared toward beauty, makeup, uh, reading your skin, there's like little printers that print makeup dots on people's faces. Do you use any of this stuff? And if so, like how does it incorporate like whether you're putting someone in drag or just making fabulous, make yourself look fabulous to go out? Yeah, there's co- there's a lot of new things coming with
1: makeup with regard to, that have like a tech component to them. I'm more standard in a way that I have something that works for me that I love and I fall kind of into that routine of using things. However, there are gadgets that kind of help me to deliver my best drag, especially with regard to social media. One of those specifically not related to makeup, but related to lighting. Oh my gosh. Like it is, you have to have the right setup in order to, whether you're vlogging or you're just getting ready in drag. We go to so many different places. The little Ricky light up mirrors, one of my favorite little thing, it's an LED mirror that you can take with you around the globe. It also has like where you can connect your Bluetooth to it. It's just really helpful when you're traveling the world to be able to have that. Cause drag queens, we need the right amount of light in order to do the look correctly. <laughs> and I know that uh, there's this other really cool fan that I use to, uh, to dry my lashes now. It looks like one of those Dyson like bladeless fans, but it's for your lashes. And it's uh, I got one from Cammy. Uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Nguyen. Is N G U Y E N C A M M Y N G U Y E N. She has this like lash band that's so cool. I love it.
0: Okay, so uh, this podcast, this uh, interview series is called "I'm So Obsessed." So I'm going to ask you, what are you so obsessed with right now? Well, during the time of Corona, (laughs) I'm
1: so obsessed with social media, more so than I've ever been. You know, I'm an Instagram girl, you know, who goes by that has, you know, that's Twitter and Facebook adjacent. That's what I usually have been. But now I'm like all into TikTok. We're using Zoom for our meetings. I just dropped um, my brand new uh, stand-up comedy show. It's one from 2013. We re-released it for free on YouTube worldwide. It launches tomorrow on YouTube. So we're just trying to connect with fans in so many ways, and, and now, with this show, we're creating different ways that we can connect with fans on social media, and it's been really fun. I made this TikTok video that was super fun about my iconic sugar daddy speech, that I said, I don't have coronavirus, I never had coronavirus, I want coronavirus, yes, I probably can go out and get it, because I am what? Sickening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, uh, I saw the film um, A Star Is Born, and you were fabulous in it. What was the experience of working on that film like for you?
1: It was a dream come true.
0: Really, it was. I couldn't
1: have asked for a better uh, role or better cast, a better director. You know, it's it was people who are at the top of their game, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and they were doing uh, this film, and I was able to be a part of it alongside them. So that was amazing. The script was wonderful, and now I get to go, you know, on planes and see people sitting next to me who are watching the movie, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, should I tell them I'm in that? That'd be so fun, right?
0: <laughs> um, earlier you said you, you did 184 live shows how do you do 184 live shows and not just be dead
1: well who said I wasn't dead <laughs> 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 no I will tell you It you have to enjoy what you're doing I have a great passion for uh, working in, as a drag performer and entertainer and I I loved it. So it was very exciting for me. And not only did I go and do the shows, but a lot of times in these cities, especially where there were places I'd never been before, I would want to go out and experience the nightlife after that. And they're like, like, how are you doing this? And you're, you know, have in the show was like a two hour show, each one. So it's just that I love what I do. I have a great passion for it. It's fun. Uh, and I and I'm so honored that people support me in doing it.
0: And I think with obviously with with Drag Race and like we have the tour and we're having we're here. Um, it, it's, it seems drag has kind of somewhat gone mainstream. Do you think that that makes maybe another way of saying it has draw uh, has drag lost any of its edge and submersiveness along the way? I don't. Um, let's see.
1: So mainstream. I mean, yes, there is the popularity of RuPaul's Drag Race in places that a lot of times drag has never been before. We're going to the homes of people in middle America, weekly, and you see drag showing up in, you know, Star is Born and films and all of that. Um, So, but I don't see a drawback from it. I love, I have always said that visibility is one of the most important things to help us move forward in understanding other people and other people's communities. And, and that's really what I, I really stand by. So I'm excited to see it going so many different places.
0: Okay, so I want to wrap up here a little bit with a just a, a thing I call pick one. I'm going to give you a selection. You just pick one. There's no... Rhyme or reasons, just whatever you want. We'll start kind of nice and easy, and maybe get more complicated. So, okay, the first one is hi or hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How did you come up with hallelujah? Where does that come from?
1: Oh, I, it's just a saying that I've always like said. I never thought it'd pick on, or catch on, or be a catchphrase of any kind. It's just something I say probably more than some people like, but I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a happy word that um that you know it's kind of like hallelujah but the shorter cooler form so it's like a positive affirming thing i'm like oh yes hallelujah
0: hallelujah i see i learned so i thought it was hallelujah and i've misspelled it the whole time okay next one iphone or android
1: oh god iphone iphone ever since ever since my first one i've never gone back
0: okay instagram or snapchat
1: what is snapchat again i'm kidding
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, you know it's instagram for sure All right. On stage or on screen? Uh, Ooh, now that's that's a difficult
1: one. Um, On screen.
0: Crown or Tiara?
1: Uh, I don't need either. I'm
0: Shangela. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. These get a little harder, and I'm sorry, but these are good. Paris, Texas or L.A.? Ooh, um, I would say Paris, Texas or L.A.?
1: L.A. Why L.A.? Well, because my dream has always to, has been to work as an actor, to be an actor, to work in television, film, and media. And the hub of that is mostly in LA. So that's why, you know, it's like Kelly Clarkson song, break away, honey, I broke away.
0: Toddlers and Tiaras or RuPaul's Drag Race?
1: Ooh, well, if I was 12, I could compete. So I'd say Toddlers and Tiaras, but it's gonna have to be RuPaul's Drag Race.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, this is three now. Music, drag, or acting? can I just do them all? Look at my career. Come on now. Uh, (laughs) You are doing them
1: all, right? I think that's I really am. Come on. You can find my songs, Working Girl, Uptown Fish, Pay Me. You can see me on uh, Beating Down Aliens on The X-Files or uh, Serving Popcorn on Two Broke Girls. And you can see me doing drag in 184 cities around the world. I think I got them all.
0: I think, is there any others that we might get to say? You said you're producing, you're a producer on this HBO show, right? Or is there any others? Yes,
1: it's called Music, Drag, TV, or Business Fish. And I definitely say the epitome of all those, I want to be a great business person in all of those. So that's what I'm just continuing to learn more about, trying to understand the business aspects of everything and being a smart business person.
0: I'm interested about because uh, I don't think this is controversial, but maybe it is uh, death drop, shablam, layout or dip. I mean, whatever you
1: call it, you still end up on the ground with a bad back. So uh, (laughs) I've always called it a death drop. That is in no way, you know, trying to take away from the legacy of whatever else it's been called. But when I go down, change it, it's called the death drop.
0: And do you have any tips for doing an amazing death drop?
1: Practice on the mattress first and then take it to the stage.
0: And the trailer, there's like a the little thing at the end. Is that, like, it looks like you're just on your back on like a gymnasium. Is that you doing a death drop? Oh, yeah. Trust me.
1: This, this, this season of We're Here, you're going to catch a death drop pretty much in every episode, if not more. I think it's what people are wanting right now. Something with not only entertainment, but also an element of compassion. Part and and just something to take your mind off of everything that's going outside your home um, right now. So I, I hope we get to bring the smiles to people who need a moment to take their mind off the seriousness while they're still recognizing how serious this is and, and taking uh, the necessary
0: precautions. Absolutely, and I think also I think a lot of people are going to be obsessed with this show, so to speak. So. <laughs> I want to thank Angela for chatting with me, and I want to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this interview, please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And until next week, take care.